Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. There are a lot of things going on in the world. In 2024, we got a presidential election. We got stuff happening all over planet Earth. And if you're interested in any of that, boy, have you come to the wrong place. <laughs> Here we go! Only one place to start. The Chiefs have won their third Super Bowl in five years. It is a dynasty. It's a great win because I know how hard it is to do. Y'all can call us a dynasty. You can call us whatever you guys want. I know what we got is something more special than really what you've seen in the NFL. And there you have it. The Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones in a spectacular defense. The Chiefs find a way in a Super Bowl 58 that for roughly the first two hours felt like a little bit of a letdown. Boy, this isn't the best game I've ever seen. And then the fourth quarter happened. And the fourth quarter in overtime last night are about as good as anything you've ever seen in your life as a sports fan. Dominic Foxworth, Jeff Saturday, good enough to hang out after we wrap up, get up, guys. I mean, there's so many places we've been all over it this morning, Nick, but it it has to begin with Mahomes. Yeah, as much as I want to force us to talk about the defense because they were incredible, Patrick Mahomes (laughs) has put himself. Yes, you do. I mean, because they were great. They were. But he's put himself. in rarefied air, and the fact that he's never like really had any struggles, and he's uh, it's gotten harder for him as he's gone along, and he's been able to answer uh, the new challenges with new answers. It's been incredibly impressive. And as we ended, get up this morning talking about is this the most impressive run that they've had going through the MVP in that Ravens defense that was unbelievable that maybe the best defense in football I guess you could talk about the Chiefs defense being better but fortunately Patrick didn't have to go against them going against uh Josh Allen and knocking him out then the number one seed on the other side and Christian McCaffrey MVP candidate Patrick Mahomes what he's doing and the way that he's doing it adding the mental part to the game and really uh owning all the big moments it's just been incredible and it's so fun like it's hard I can't imagine being a 49ers fan and being forced not to appreciate that because it's really for everyone else in the NFL I think everyone else who likes football if you're not a Chiefs fan I think you kind of become a Patrick Mahomes fan because he just he seems to do everything so well and it's so impressive and it's fun to watch you know Jeff you played with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time I mean uh, Peyton Manning is is on the very short list of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, when you watch Mahomes, he seems to do a lot of the things that made Manning great. Absolutely. He seems to be making so many decisions at the line of scrimmage. Dan Orlovsky did a great job of, of showing us on, on tape this morning how on those last drives, the last one in the fourth quarter, the one in the overtime, he's changing plays, changing protections, all the stuff that, that the Peyton Mannings of the world sure. are legendary for doing. And then Mahomes adds the other element of, 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 of athleticism and arm talent that we've seen extraordinarily few players in history have. So he's really almost perfect. He's, he's almost like they went into the lab and yeah. they created the perfect quarterback, and his name is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, you, you said it this morning. He's one of two quarterbacks, Steve Young being the other, that it was the leading rusher on his team in a Super Bowl and a win. Yeah. So if, if you're talking about how, do you, how does somebody take a football game over, not just with his arms, not just with scheme, but when it all mattered. And, and, and uh, Nick, you were talking about, like, moments. I thought the fourth down and the season, the Super Bowl, how 
however you want to frame it, is on the line. And, you know, he has a little zone read where he can dump it off to, to Rice, who has like a little hook route. And then uh, um, Kelsey's out in the flat. And what's he do? He pulls it down and runs it. Why, in my opinion, it is because don't let anybody else mess this up, right? He understands how good he is. And, and don't allow someone else to make a mistake or not do the right thing. If we can continue moving it down, he has a third and long. He pulls, I mean, a third and one, he pulls it down and goes for like 15 or 17 yards. And I think the part for me that is so amazing, and, and Damian Woody said this on Get Up, this is the Jordan era for the NFL. And it's awesome to watch because is Spagnola an incredible DC? Absolutely. The defense played lights out? Absolutely. But what you see Patrick Mahomes do in the, the, the final drive of the fourth quarter, or really right before, kind of midway through the fourth quarter, all the way through, it's like he's, he's in the movie The Matrix, right? Like he sees everything, and I think Neek said it, he's like he sees ones and zeros, right? All of a sudden, the game slows down so remarkably for him that he, he makes every decision feel like the perfect decision. I think and it just, it's crazy to watch somebody – Man, we know how hard this freaking yeah. game is, but this game's hard. And like, and, and hard because of the details, the little minutiae that most people don't understand about our game, like where a guy's alignment is or somebody jumping inside a route mm-hmm. or ca- causing. And all that's happening to him. Yeah. And he's still processing and making the right decision. He can grab one to two percentage win probability points just like through the course of the game in small moments that you don't recognize. Yes. And it adds up at the end. That run on third and one that was really long. And he also like finds ways to like elevate his play. You know what I don't want in the situation is Patrick Mahomes running the ball at Fred Warner. You got it. And Patrick Mahomes got away from him. Broke it's like off. finding these these situations <laughs> yeah. that just just don't make sense. And that's to the point of like the Jordan stuff where it's like this goes beyond what we can understand. And his the point about the control of the game and that's the thing that jumps out to me every time or so far this season is in that Ravens game. You see him taking chances when he has to take chances. He's not he's no longer trying to prove anything to anybody about his ability. That's right. We already know how great he is. And you feel that in the course of this game where it's like, "All right, I'm going to use as long as our defense can keep in this, keep us in this game, I'm going to use a lot of this time to gather intelligence. That's right. Because at some point, these plays that he was running, they weren't complicated, impressive schemes. He is waiting to the proper moment, moment to break out those mesh concepts because he ran yeah. it twice in the big moments. He know he knows that they were going to blitz. He ran them then. He's waiting to the right time to break out that little four by one with the back leaking across. He's waiting these moments and he understands. All right, as long as I don't have the team where I can blow teams out anymore, I don't have Tyreek. I don't have receivers that I can trust. I have a good running game, a a good young receiver, and a great tight end. And tackles, who frankly are mediocre, I think it's probably – they're high and mediocre. They're not just going to shut down. They were overmatched in this game. And so I think – and I saw this in the Ravens game where he's like, all right – only way this team is going to get us is if I give up a sack fumble, I throw an interception. I'm not going to take a chance. That's you right. keep me close at the end of the game when I have to make the plays, then I'm going to call on these plays that I and, need. And let me say this too. The, the, the blend between he and Andy Reid yeah. is – is extremely special, and I, you know, people talk about like the 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 Brady Belichick and 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 the Bradshaw and was it Noel? Chuck Noll, yeah, Chuck Noll, and and the so <clears throat> the, and those conversations are great conversations. But when you have your play caller being your head coach, and and the way they are in sync, and the credit that Mahomes gives Andy Reid, and even Kelsey 
they, I mean, they give Andy Reid like the corn dog play at the end, right? Like they they ran that against the Eagles and it scores with Tony, and now the next time it's Hardman, right? It's it's amazing because it's nobody cares about the credit. And I think that, to me, is probably the most impressive because I don't even know that – like, I think that Jordan – like, there's a little bit of – right? Yes. Like, there's a little bit of swag in both of them. Yeah. There's like, hey, it was – you know, triangle offense. Is it, is it Mike? Is it, but with these guys, it's, it's literally the humility that they both go into the game with. You can't shower enough praise on either of those guys. And the, it, that's just – man, you love – listen, that's why I root for it. Yeah. It's and it fun seemed, to yeah. watch and, and it, see. And it seemed like he was making in the post game. it seemed like Patrick was making a point to point out that they are doing it differently, that this is not right. miserable. This is not how people thought about the Patriots. This is not how people talk about Jordan in, in the uh, documentary where he's in tears because he's like, yeah, I mistreated people, but that's the only way I know how to do it. It appeared to me that Patrick right. Mahomes, through the course of this season – his receivers are dropping the ball. He snapped on the ref, and he went into the podium and yeah. said, I guess I should have thrown it better. And he supported his guys, and then it comes down to it. That's not something that we recognize. We've come to associate greatness with a cost. You have to be uh, – I can't use the words on radio, but yeah. you got, you got to be yeah. a tough guy to live with in order to be great. Patrick Mahomes manages to be greater than anyone we've ever seen while also being a decent human, which yeah. I think is incredibly <laughs> commendable. And think about the distractions, man. Like, yeah. and, and I mean this in the lightest terms, so the, the whole like Taylor Swift thing. But, but think about all the things added on. This team has become a celebrity in itself because Taylor Swift is at the games and it's Kelsey and it's, you know, he bumps Andy Reid on the side. All these, and we all want, as many as it happens, we all want to take shots. It's never going to keep lasting when Mahomes, everybody wants, and it, man, he I don't, keeps that thing. He keeps that I thing. I don't want to hear another coach tell me about, <laughs> let's keep these distractions away. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. biggest <laughs> pop star in the world, world. joins your roster. Yes. And this team still managed to figure things out. So, Roger Goodell is <laughs> doing a deal with Taylor Swift pregame. We ain't worried yeah. about the distractions. She's on a private jet from Tokyo, <laughs> and everybody so is watching her tail number. That's and so y'all, true. And y'all talk about, I don't want no distractions. Y'all can't do interviews this <laughs> hey, week because it's distracting hey, the team. Me. Manny was worried about our kids being at the Super Bowl week. <laughs> and Patrick Mahomes got Taylor Swift and the whole crew coming. They ain't worried it's a just, bit. Yeah. I'm the podium. Oh, my God. Yeah. celebrity up there. unbelievable. Yeah, it, it's, it's, there's so many. It, it's so multi-layered. Yeah. But, but let's give credit where it's due. And, and Dominique, I want to let you do this because, look, we're going to talk about Mahomes, and, and we should. We're going to talk about Andy, and we should. The comparison I would make is not Belichick and Brady. It's not Nolan Bradshaw. It's Bill Walsh and Joe Montana. Mm. He Walsh is the one who created yeah. it's the same offense. I mean, they're running right. the same, you know, this version of the offense West, right. 40 years later or whatever it is. But that was really the 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 I don't know, Yoda and, and right. you know, whatever that is, you know, uh, kind of thing. But anyway, this team won the Super Bowl because of its defense. That's right. And their defense is so good. Chris Jones might be the best player, but to me, their corners, and I've always felt this way. That if you give me a – and I guess because I, I just loved watching Darrell Rivas play and I saw the impact he had on, on his defenses, when you can just put Trent McDuffie mm. and Legereus Sneed out there and be like, all right, you take them and then let us do whatever we want with the other nine guys, like that to me changes everything. Yeah, it's, it's different from Darrell Rivas. And I think 
Explain it, that. So it's a slight oversimplification because they're really good in man coverage, but they do a lot of other things. Okay. Right. So I think the most impressive thing about this defense, aside from Chris Jones being unblockable in big moments, is that they're, they're multiple. And so they'll line up in certain formations and they can show you a bunch of different things, which keeps the offense on their toes. It, it's kind of like they're the aggressors. That's right. And also, when you have success with something, they have an answer for it and they're not going to make mistakes. We saw that through the course of the night for the 40. 49ers is the 49ers have historically been a great defensive team that's just going to play cover three. We're going to beat you up front because our D-line is better. And in the back, we're going to keep it simple and not make mistakes. Their D-line wasn't great this year, so they started to complicate things. And you see them cutting guys loose and making mistakes. This Chiefs team, from game to game, from week to week, if you took the the, um, insignia off of their helmets, you wouldn't know what team this was. And in the course of the game, I think – uh, Trent McDuffie, great coverage a number of different times, but the things that don't get picked up is his versatility where he can line up and it looks like a, a blitz and it looks like cover zero, yes. but he has the capability to play deep half. And it just keeps opposing offenses on, the to- on their toes. In the same way Patrick Mahomes walks up to the line and he sees the 49ers, I know what you're doing, I'm going to get in the right play. Purdy walks up to the line and is like, you could be doing one of two, maybe three things. Yeah, Hike. <laughs> that's right. Dennis, Dennis that's tough. Right. And when you think about this defense, the way that, that, that uh, San Fran runs so many condensed formations, yeah. right? it makes it very difficult to see and filter out those things. So when blitzes look like they're coming from one side and all of a sudden, you know, Purdy gets surprised at something. But McDuffie literally could have been the MVP. Yeah. Had he caught – I mean, he has one interception. Yeah. He catches that. I think he closed it out because they kick a field goal. But when you – I think the part that's most impressive for me is it's positionless football. Yeah. On that side. And I think that goes to Spagnuolo and, and how they've all bought in. And he made a comment, and I heard this maybe a couple of weeks ago before the championship games, and he said how all of their, their, their players stayed in the, in the offseason, how they all work together in the yeah. offseason. They all communicate with each other. They have these conversations about, okay, if you were to play here and I had to go play there, and they talk about so that they understand not only their position, but what's the problem for the other guy. Right. And you see a ton of that in the game of passing off the problem, where's my issue. And, again, the, we, we talk about how intelligent Patrick Mahomes is. Let's give that defense yeah. a great amount of credit because they are extremely high, you give, you know, high not, not only high-performing, but high. High IQ players. You, you give Steve Spagnola so many more. Steve Spagnola, Steve Spagnolo, so many more uh, arrows in his quiver. Yeah. So it's like I can do. Okay, I have an answer for that. I got two or three answers for that because I know we're capable of executing it without um, compromising our team and understanding where the pressure is in certain situations, who needs help, and how to address yes. this, and you can make changes more quickly. Well, look, and, and I'll just say this: Christian McCaffrey is a brilliant player, and he had a great night. That team has three other stars on their offense. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle. They combined last night, the three of them, for eight catches for 86 yards. Unbelievable. That's right? unbelievable. That's combined. Yeah, that's unbelievable. I mean, the, 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 the way that they – and again, I think the other part, too, wow. we talked about Chris Jones. The moments – he literally saved three touchdowns, and I, th- I think Dan may have shown yeah. it on get up on. The, but he he literally there were he affected three potential touchdown plays. Right, the Debo Samuel t- who's streaking on the sideline, the ball's overthrown because he's in his face. The the, the four, uh, third down at the very end of the game when they had to kick the field goal now in overtime, he's he's unblocked. But 
You so unblockable, dude, they didn't bother yeah, blocking unbelievable, him. Unbelievable, right? Play. But again, that yeah. leads to yeah. where's the pressure coming? They're sliding to a two-man side, which I still don't understand. So, But it, it is. And that's confusing. Confusion yeah, that's what I'm saying. because right. of that offense or that defense's versatility and their ability to disguise what they're doing because they're positionless. Yep. It was a sensational night. It yes, was a it sensational was. morning. Gentlemen, thank you, and thank you for hanging around after we wrap up. I'll... Jeff and, and Neek with us here. They'll be back tomorrow. We will have the hashtag crew, a circle around us here. We're wall-to-wall Super Bowl this morning. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with Mike Greenberg. Three is the ante, I guess what I'm trying to say. Like, if you want to sit at the table, you have to have three rings to put in the center because there's the Cleveland Browns, the Green Bay Packers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the San Francisco 49ers, the Dallas Cowboys, and the New England Patriots. There's six. Are you willing to put the Chiefs at that table with those teams? This is Greeny. As of today, the answer is yeah. As Usher and friends would say last night, Greeny presented by... Progressive insurance on this morning after the Super Bowl. The hashtag crew is all here. That's their soap. Look, you can't ask for a better night. Hembo just said we had a really good TV show today. And I said, if you can't do a good TV show today, you don't deserve to have a TV show. Because last night gave us absolutely everything. It gave us extraordinary little picture because it was an incredible game. And it gave us extraordinary big picture because the historical context and significance of it is overwhelming. And so just to pick up on that little drop that um, the Cam brought back for us, I stand by what I said. We woke up yesterday morning. The Chiefs were not a dynasty. We went to sleep last night, and they are. That's how important these games are. Three championships is the ticket to that. That The fact that it might be closer to the beginning than the end, notwithstanding. Now it's just a question of how far they take it. But for as long as the game is played now, this Chiefs iteration with Andy and Mahomes and Kelsey and company have to be talked about with the great dynasties in the history of the sport. They earned it last night. Most definitely. And I would make the argument that it is more difficult to be dynastic in this day and age than in any other. The the NFL implemented its salary cap sometime in the mid-90s, which makes what the Patriots did over nearly two decades remarkable, almost impossible, 
I mean, the, the NFL has effectively rendered it impossible to be a dynasty. The Patriots managed a way to have almost two separate ones. And the Chiefs, having done this, having traded away a Hall of Fame wide receiver, having invested basically everything in their defense, having effectively punted the idea of uh, surrounding Patrick Mahomes with any semblance of wide receivers to win the championship in back-to-back years is a singular achievement. We are watching him play that position as well as anybody in the history of the sport. Well, I mean, if, if you just think about it, I'm not comparing the players. I'm comparing their stature on their teams. If you had taken Lynn Swan off the Steelers, would they have won all those championships? If you had taken Jerry Rice off the 49ers, obviously they won two of them before he got there, but you get the point. If you had taken uh, the 90s, Michael Irvin off the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, that's who Tyreek Hill was to this team. He has left. He has been the best receiver in the NFL since he left, and the Chiefs have won both Super Bowls since he left. There have been two played, and they won them both. It's, candidly, it's, you can't, look, I know that I am prone to hyperbole. No. I've been accused of that in the past. You? And and candidly, I wear it proudly. But in this case, I don't think you can overstate it. I think Patrick Mahomes takes his seat, and this group of Chiefs take their seat at the table with the all-time greats with last night. I want you to react to the first thing I said, which is... It's much more difficult to be dynastic now than it was, you know, 30, 40, 50 years no, definitely. ago. You agree? Of course. I mean, how many of the of the Packers Hall of Famers from the 60s were on all of their championship teams? How many of the Steelers Hall of Famers from the 70s were on all of their championship teams? That is impossible now. You, you can't keep everybody together. They're all, you know, that, that's the real question for them here. They let Tyreek Hill go, and it is what it is. They got young players that are going to bunch of, you know, do they keep Chris Jones? Can they afford to keep him? Can they afford to keep Trent McDuffie and Lajarius Sneed and uh, Rasheed Rice? Let's assume they keep him and whoever else. And, like, they, they, they are the financial limitations of the sport. You just said it exactly right. They are designed to make this impossible. To do, and so the fact that you do it, it requires something special. Look, it's no, it's no coincidence that when you look at these dynastic teams, I'm just going to give you names of the ones that we just listed: Otto Graham, Bart Starr, Terry Bradshaw, Joe Montana, Troy Aikman, Tom Brady, and Patrick Mahomes. If you're making a list of the 12 best quarterbacks of all time. They're probably all on it. Mm-hmm. And and that's not, uh, you know, let's say 15 out of the thousands of people who have played it over the course of time. Um, th- those things go together. You know, I get it. I mean, there have been plenty of great quarterbacks who didn't do it. But my point is, you can't do it without one. It's impossible to do it without one because they elevate all these other things and people around them, particularly Brady and Mahomes. The fascinating aspect of this Chiefs championship team in relation to last is that last year they had the number one offense in the whole league. And that was, again, without Tyreek Hill. This year during the regular season, there were 14 teams in the NFL that scored more points than they did. They had to go on the road to do this thing. That's something that they never had to do. And in those four games, they allowed 16 points a game on defense against teams that average collectively 28 during the regular season. And so this was as much spags, in my judgment, as it was Patrick Mahomes. All right, we will. that's Hembo. You will hear from Bubba and Cam as well as the hashtag crew has surrounded me here. We'll give you my top five takes from the Super Bowl in 30 seconds after this word from ESPN Bet. ESPN Bet is now live 
I hope you saw my McCaffrey. Uh, bang, bang. It went over last night. Mm-hmm. We needed overtime to do it, but he got there for the boost. As the official sports book of ESPN, ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today. New users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in a legal gambling state. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greenies takes. All right, here we go. I'll give you my top five takeaways from last night's Super Bowl 58. Uh, these will all be of the little picture variety. We will talk about the big picture as we continue. But at number five. Number five. But Brock Purdy played great. I thought he was great. You know, at the very beginning of the game, when the Chiefs win the coin toss and they elect to kick it off, Romo was making the point on the telecast, and I agreed. Let Purdy feel the weight of this. Like, like let him have to go right out there. And from the first instant, it didn't look too big for him. And to the very end, whatever they played last night, 74 minutes of football, whatever, no, almost 75 minutes of football, it never looked too big for him. I thought he played great. Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen and Tua... <laughs> Combined for a 44 QBR against that defense, Brock Purdy was at 70. They most definitely did not lose that game because of him. No, he was terrific. He he absolutely justified. You know, there was all this criti- not criticism, all these questions, and all this sort of confirmation, whatever you want to call it. There are people on both sides. He 100 percent made his case oh, yeah. for the people on the right side. Number four. Uh, uh, number four is what you just said. Steve Spagnuolo challenges. Mahomes as the game's MVP, most valuable person. He was brilliant last night. That game looked to me at the beginning like San Francisco is going to beat them so easily. I'm watching it, and all I can think to myself is, oh, damn it, Hembo's going to be right. (laughs) (laughs) The Niners are just better than them. They're dominant on both sides of the line of scrimmage, and and that defense just found ways. They, They found ways to prevent them from scoring touchdowns early. The only touchdown they score early in that game is on the crazy, you know, the trick play. The Jennings throws. Outside of that, they're holding them to field goals, and then they just figured it out. However it is they figured it out, they figured it out. Spagnolo, are there any assistant coaches in the Hall of Fame who are there because they're their assistants? I don't think so. I, mean, I don't Dick think LeBeau, so either. Is Dick LeBeau in the Hall of Fame? I don't believe that LeBeau is in the Hall of Fame. No, he he was inducted as a player okay. in 2010. All right, so that's different. I mean, I... You don't, they don't put assistant coaches in the Hall of Fame, but I tell you what, he's working his way into that kind of rarefied air. I mean, for, for them to come out of halftime and for the Niners to go three and out, three and out, three and out, and burn only three minutes and 44 seconds a clock, which is what they did across those three drives, that's what won them the game. Whatever yeah. he did at halftime, those adjustments that he made wound up being a, a huge difference in the third quarter. That includes the big stop they make right after the, um, the interception. Right. That Mahomes throws. Uh, Spagnolo, go ahead, Cam. I can see you're typing something in, but go ahead and say it. Steve Spagnolo, first coordinator to win four Super Bowls. Obviously, got maybe just one with the Giants. Yeah, one with the Giants. Very famous one, and then he's got ones with the Chiefs. Yeah, he held Tom Brady in the greatest offense we had ever seen to 14 points 
in that Super Bowl, and now he's won three. So he's the first coordinator to win four Super Bowls. He probably won't get in the Hall of Fame for that, but he probably should. He has said on the record he wants to be a head coach again. We're going to keep recycling young hot coordinators and other random people, but that's someone I would give another shot to be a head coach in the NFL. Maybe. Look, the, the, the qualities involved in being a great coordinator and a great head coach don't necessarily have anything to do with each other. Sure. I don't have a very vivid recollection of his head coaching it's dreadful in St. Louis. I remember that it happened. I don't remember what happened. Um, so maybe he gets another crack, but I tell you what, he was spectacular. Number three. But I just have to say it, Nicole Hardman catching the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl is just cruel, flat-out cruel. And I'll say it on the air for the thousands of you who are tweeting it at me. <laughs> if you had told me before the season started that it is going to end with Nicole Hardman catching the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl, I would have cried with joy. And the fact that he did nothing, he couldn't get on the field for the Jets, and he catches the game-winning touchdown in overtime in the Super Bowl is unfair. I mean, I'm almost, like, I'm a little overtired right now, so I'm, like, almost choking up with laughter. Like, I could cry. I could laugh so hard I cry just thinking about it. Yeah, you sounded like Tim Kirchner just now. Uh, congratulations, by the way, if you had Nicole Hardman at 50-1 to 1 to score the last touchdown of the game, your mortgage is now paid for. I tell you what, I mean, I talked to three evaluators from the AFC, and they told me. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Tim Kirchner. Number two. Kyle Shanahan had a bad night. Woo. A very bad night. And, and I, I'm going to save an entire segment to get into the decision to take the ball in the overtime. Because I think it's, it's not as cut and dried as people are making it sound. But he did a lot of other things wrong last night. And the one I will mostly point to is the way he did not use his timeouts at the end of the first half. I will never understand that. With a little over a minute left, the Chiefs have the ball on the 14-yard line. They're going to score. Let's put it this way. The reason you don't use your timeouts as the opposing coach is because you don't want to give them an advantage. There was zero question Time was not going to be the reason Kansas City didn't score. You wouldn't use your timeouts because you wanted the clock to maybe run out. There was no chance of that. So at that point, conserve the time. By the time he called the timeout, they got the ball on their own 25-yard line with 20 seconds remaining, and I didn't blame them for then not going for it. But they just left two timeouts in their pocket. They should have had, like, 50 seconds, which is an entirely different scenario. If you decide not to go for it, then fine. But it is inexcusable not to at least give yourself the option. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan is the best Monday through Saturday coach in the NFL. Or at least he's on the very short list. But the way that he managed the first the, the end of the first half yesterday, and the way that he managed the end of the first half against Green Bay almost was the reason they lost that game too. This is a recurring thing for this guy who never seems to get it right. And then finally, number one. Number one. That's just Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I'm just, that's it. He's the best. He's the best I've ever seen. He's the best you've ever seen, no matter how old you are. And he is very much on track to being the greatest. If you listen to me, if you read my books or anything like that, you know I make a distinction between the best and the greatest. I think Sandy Koufax is the best pitcher that ever lived. He can't be the greatest because he only was able to do it for a short period of time. And longevity is a part of greatness. Tom Brady winning a Super Bowl at 43 is a huge part of his legacy. And Patrick Mahomes hasn't done that for the simple reason that he can't. He's 28 years old, but he's the best I've ever seen. He's already the best quarterback ever, and he is most certainly on his way to being the greatest. I think the best comp for Patrick Mahomes 
is Tiger Woods. And in this simulation that I'm running here, uh, Tom Brady's Jack Nicholas. You know, like, so Tiger won five majors before 25, Jack won three. Uh, Tiger won 10 majors through his 20s, Jack won seven. But it was Jack's eight majors in his 30s and three more in his 40s, so 11 total there. And Tiger only had five of those. There is no question whatsoever that Mahomes has, I think, mirror Tiger in a lot of ways. Like, he, he bursts onto the scene and is better and greater than anyone we have ever seen. And then the world adjusts to him. And then he learns how to win a different way. In the case of Jack Nicholas, he had these enduring qualities that enabled him to get to 18, which is a number that Tiger Woods will never reach. But I think that's a better comp than any we have conjured up so far. I, I think LeBron, too. I mean, LeBron's longevity is what, if you want to make an argument for LeBron over Jordan, yeah. which I'm not looking to do, but if you are looking to do it, his longevity is the best way to do it. Just simply doing it at a high level longer is valuable. It means something. You can decide for yourself what you want it to mean. Anyway, those are my takes. I've got a lot of Shanahan stuff to get to, but let me get the hashtag crew in here. Bubba, your number one takeaway from last night's thriller, Super Bowl 58. Well, first of all, I was looking up on the, the Spags thing. Apparently, they do, they do something where they, they – it's called the Awards of Excellence, and each year they do recognize some assistant coaches. Uh, he has not been recognized yet, but like mm-hmm. Alex Gibbs, mm. Fritz Shermer, Ernie Zampese. So some people have – they get a plaque or something, so hopefully it gets in there sometime. I like that. So they do do something. Um, my number one takeaway is J.J. Watt's hair. <laughs> that was uh, that a was lot phenomenal. Of you my didn't goodness. like it or you did? I, li- I like it. You I know? liked it. It was a little different, you know? He looks well, like he's in in sync. Yeah. Mike I, I, I thought it was, was making fun of it. I thought he looked good. thousands boy band-ish. I thought, you know, I enjoyed it. Cam, I think you should take a page from his book. More hair equals better. <laughs> yeah, I'll think about it. Yeah. As it grows out, I'll, I'll maybe get some frosted tips in here. I'll kind of thin good. them out a little. I think it could I'll, work for I want to throw this out. Uh, you know, speaking of Shanahan, uh, you know, it's tough to play the result as, as well, but end of the game there, coming out of the two-minute warning when it was third and five, any consideration you think to running it there? Yes. And, and third and five, when there was two timeouts for the Chiefs. Well, that's why taking the ball is a mistake mm-hmm. because if you're going to go for it on fourth down, you can run it on third down. You're either in four down territory or you're not. He played, he called himself into a position where by throwing the ball there and having it incomplete, he's now facing a fourth and four. If you don't kick it there, now you're letting Mahomes beat you with a field goal and they have a great kicker. Butker had made a kick of 57 yards earlier in the game. So that's another I, – I, I understand why you're separating the two from each other, but I think those are, those are um, comparable to each other. Are we talking about the same spot in the game? I'm talking about – That's in overtime I'm, I'm talk, talking I'm about. I'm talking about at the end of the, – in the fourth quarter. In hmm. the end of regulation. Yeah, when the game was still tied – uh, it was third and third and five coming out of the two minute warning. Right, you know. So remember they, they and that's thir- the play where they get the the, unbl- the blitzer uh, McDuffie, McDuffie comes in right. and they so make there was him a minute fifty three left. Kansas City still had two. I don't think outs. you can go for it on fourth and five. No, no but I'm saying on third and five they threw down. the ball right. and then the clock stops. That left Patrick with one fifty three two timeouts. Plenty of time. If they ran the ball there, they would either force Kansas City to take a timeout or at least taken forty seconds off. I just thought. Kansas City had so much. If you're giving Mahomes essentially two minutes it. and two timeouts, you know, obviously, you know, it's a long. It was a long. It was a 53 yard field goal. It's a tough field goal, but you got to confidence him to make it. I just think they gave them so much time there. If you're telling me it's 110 or whatever, I got at least got more confidence in your defense that way. I, I think that's a, a good point, and it also goes to, 
you know, you might run it and, and get yourself to like fourth and one and consider going for yeah, it sure. there. I mean, McCaffrey might have even gotten it with McCaffrey. Who knows? Yeah. So there's a lot of good, all right, a lot of good points. We'll, we'll get Cam in here. We've got Hembo's got a million things. We have so much to do today. We're going to get two trivia into if we can today. Give it to us, Hembo. Last night was the 13th time that a team overcame a halftime deficit to win the Super Bowl. My question for you is, which team has the most such wins? The franchise that has the most Super Bowl wins when trailing at the half. From tra- not, not double digit, but just trailing at the half. Just trailing at the period. half. Period. The answer next, ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio in 30 seconds. We'll have the answer to Hembo's trivia. So busy on this morning after an incredible Super Bowl. I'll spend those 30 seconds on Vivid Seats. Secure the seats and the memories this year from Vivid Seats, your home for every slam dunk, slap shot, and stolen base. Vivid Seats celebrates fandom with unbeatable rewards like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. With Vivid Seats rewards you earn with every purchase from buzzer beaters to walk-off homers. Vivid Seats has a great selection and great prices on all the games that matter to you. Just visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats is the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Hembo, question, go. I am looking at a list of every Super Bowl winner that was trailing at halftime. Last night was the 13th such time a team won a game like that. I'm asking you, which team, which franchise has the most Super Bowl wins when trailing at the half? Cam. I'm going to go with the Giants. Not super confident. I just know they were in a lot of close games besides that one against Denver. So I'm going to say I hope they got even the one against Denver. I'm also going Giants. um, And I think they were losing that game at halftime. I, I think they came out and obliterated them in the second half. I'm doing this from memory, but I think the 86 Giants were losing at halftime. They were definitely come from behind to beat the Bills and the Patriots the first time. And I think the Patriots, the sec- I think they were trailing at the half in at least three, if not all four of their Super Bowl wins. So I'm going to do Giants as well. Bubba? Right. Yeah, my, uh, my Super Bowl memory is not encyclopedic like Cam is, but I also came up with the Giants, so I'm feeling better that he had the same guess as mine. So I'm going to go Giants as well. Three guesses, Giants. Brandon? That's also Brandon's guess, the We're Giants. all on the Ooh, Giants. Hembo? The correct answer is the Giants. Day, good day. The Giants trailed at halftime in all four of their Super Bowl wins. Wow. That's incredible. Isn't that? Jeez. The, the, the Broncos game, they wound up winning by 19, but yeah. you were right. They trailed by a point and a half. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. And, and, and so Shanahan, the 49ers don't count for, well, Shanahan's number doesn't count towards this because when they played the Chiefs two years ago, or four years ago, excuse me, that game was tied at the half. Shanahan has had double-digit deficits in all three of his Super Bowls, all three of which he's lost. Let me say that again. Double-digit leads in all three of his Super Bowls and lost them all, but the one against, um, against Kansas City was tied at the half a few years ago. I'm going to save all my Shanahan stuff for the top of the hour because there's just so much to be said. So, so let's then read this because I think it is my favorite tweet of the day, at least for today, and it, it is so well put by Kevin Clark. He tweets this. The reason Mahomes is Michael Jordan is because Jordan relegated so many would-be legends to minor characters. He left literally no breathing room for anyone else and shaped the legacies of basically all his contemporaries. We might be seeing it again. He's on his way. I think that's really, really well said. That is what he's doing. Mahomes is now shaping not only his own legacy, but the legacies of Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, 
Jalen Hurts, whom he has beaten. Let's see what Brock Purdy winds up being. Brock Purdy could wind up being John Stockton. He could wind up being Craig Elo. I don't know which one it is. But just another one of the people that Jordan legendarily beat, that you remember more than anything for not beating Jordan. I mean, Charles Barkley is one of the greatest players that ever lived. But the first thing you say about him is he never got he could never beat Jordan. Same with Ewing. Same with Malone and Stockton. Certainly, you remember Elo and his connection to Jordan because of the legendary shot in 89. So, Cam, I don't know what you think of that, but I think it's the right way to put it. One of the things that Mahomes is doing is he is defining the legacy of all of his nearest rivals. I think it's absolutely true, and he's not only defining the legacy of his nearest rivals, he's defining the legacy of these coaches. Kyle Shanahan might be a two-time champ if it weren't for Mahomes (laughs) at this point, and Shanahan also ran into Brady, who did the same thing for so long. So I think he's impacting many, many, many people's careers beyond just Allen, Burrow, Lamar, and all these guys, but obviously they're the ones we'll talk about. And Andy Reid, too. And Andy Reid. Look what he did for him. Yeah, so you you know he's elevating careers, and he's... You know, diminishing others, not to say that they're not great players, but they would be greater, a lot of these guys, if they didn't come along at the same time, were born around the same time as this guy. Well, I've said this many times, that when Michael Jordan happens, there are so many people that benefit from it that you don't even know about. And I've always said one of the examples is me. I am where I am today in large part because of Michael. Because of his greatness, the radio station I worked at decided we need to send someone around with him all the time. Like We literally need to assign someone to just being with Michael Jordan at all times. And by some miracle, at the age of 24, they chose me, and it changed my life in every conceivable way. So there are all the, there's all of these unintended consequences or unforeseen consequences of things like this, and that's exactly what the Chiefs are. Yeah, there's no question about it. There's also, it's also fascinating to me the idea that, that Mahomes would be so far ahead of schedule if he hadn't caught the tail end of Brady and Brady hadn't clipped him in the playoffs twice. Spin that forward even more fascinatingly. Tom Brady is going to be the voice of the NFL this time next year. He's, he's taking Greg Olson's place in the Fox booth. He is going to be as much a part of our discourse as anybody. Like, imagine if Michael Jordan was like courtside in the NBA Finals talking about LeBron and his legacy. Like, we're going to have the chance for, in some sense, Brady and his words to shape the way that we view Mahomes ultimately potentially passing him. I think that is a good observation and an interesting one. I don't know if you saw what I posted over the weekend. I did. I'm still not sure where exactly it came from, but it's it's Brady and Young, Steve Young talking about stuff and Brady is basically saying I'll paraphrase like a lot of times we watch these games we see a quarterback in some trouble he runs for a first down and we say oh what a great play and Brady's reaction is well why the hell did you snap the ball like you 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 snapped that ball into a bad situation so you created a problem and then you you solved it yourself and we're giving you credit for solving a problem of your own creation he says it way better than I just said it and I don't know if he'll be able to do that on telecasts or not but parenthetically I think Greg Olson was and is excellent on these games and will continue to be Uh, for those of us who watch every game every week we'll get to keep seeing Greg Olson doing games and I'm delighted for it because he's outstanding I think Brady will be great and to your your point i'm not sure when fox's next super bowl is it might be next year i'm looking it up now it's it's it could be yes it's next year uh, it's next, next year. year so in theory next Man. year he could be in the booth 
as Mahomes tries to do something that even he couldn't do, and that is win three in a row. Just to see Brady for three or four hours dissect Patrick Mahomes as he's attempting to chase him down is going to be like a really fascinating thing for all of us. In the meantime, there is a lot that has to be said about the way this game was lost and some of the things that were said afterwards. We will do all of that at the top of the hour, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.